Hello and welcome to the Gallant View Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'm delighted to be your host this evening as we we gather around in the usual Sunday night spot to dissect Rangers comfortable 3-1 win over Kilmarnock. Well, we weren't quite at our best in the second half, but we didn't need to didn't need to be because we killed the game off. Finally, we started to kill teams off early on and the game was done by half time. Here to talk through the highs and the lows of the game. Um it's a stellar lineup. Uh, first of all, joining from the continent, David Tomlinson. How are you, mate? Yeah, great, thanks. Just uh just back from a barbecue, so life's great at the moment. <laughs> Full belly. And um, no. Great to be back in winning ways, and hopefully after the the win, all these idiots, uh, Celtic supporters that have been uh, been flooding the the, the podcast, uh, hopefully they've disappeared back into the hole. So we'll get on with the show. For anybody that's wondering um, what the weather's like or where David Thomas is staying, what, what, it must be sunny for him for him to have a barbecue. The weather doesn't matter. Rain, hail or shine, he'll be out there with his prongs and sausages. The, the guy's a madman, so he's no, don't worry, he's no um, <laughs> in 30 degree heat or anything. Hail, sleet or snow, it doesn't matter. Get the barbecue on. That's the way to go. Ah, you're made of sterner stuff, my man. Um, also joining us tonight, um, returning after a solid debut, um, I managed to let the police to give him the okay to make another appearance. It's Mark, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Glad to be back on after a win this time. Aye, right, well, this is the first time I've been on in nine days, so I've no discussed what happened. God. So it's nice to be back again. Hi, the two Davies and everybody in chat. Uh, hiya, hope you're having a good weekend. And last but not least, joining us is David P. How are you, my friend? Fantastic, Con. I was just going to tell David that I also like to wear an apron, but it's it's for other reasons. I don't wear it for barbecues. Now, you, you get but dressed up as a Swiss maid, don't you? <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's, uh, <laughs> we, won't, we won't go into that, but I'll send you the video later. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> no, good. I mean, it was uh, obviously a good day yesterday. We had a uh, comfortable win. Uh, we're happy to go through it. I well, I'm glad you moved back on to the football because it's um, about 25 to 9. We've got another 25 minutes till we can get away with that type of tomfoolery. But on to the game, or before we do get on to the game, um, one last call to arms. Yeah, any listeners to the to the, the morning news show will know that we... We now have um, a membership channel available on Anchor. If you listen to Spotify, Acast, if you listen on Apple, or if you listen on YouTube, you can join the page for 99p a month or uh, I like to mark it as 25p a week. It sounds a wee bit more friendlier. Uh, you'll get the daily news show every weekday as well as additional content. If you can, I know it's tough times. If you can spare a pound a month to support the podcast, it would be so much appreciated. But if no, all we ask is you keep on coming back. Give us a like or subscribe or follow wherever you can. And we'll still be here twice a week um, talking all the usual nonsense about Rangers. So on to the Rangers nonsense. Um, David, I'll, I'll come at you first. So as I mentioned... Rangers uh, killed the game off in the first half. Um, I thought it was a really, really good uh, performance uh, for the most part um, in the first 45 minutes. Was there any surprises in the team lineup for you? Obviously, we've seen the midfield three who start, who finished the game last week come back in. Probably the biggest surprise for me was Cholak instead of Morelos. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's fair. Um, it was definitely for me the the, the midfield that should have started against uh, them. Uh, it was the one we were all calling for but I'll give Bill his due I think we all seen uh, on Saturday that uh, Raskin isn't isn't fully fit He's, uh, I don't think he would have lasted a full game against them to be honest with you because he was struggling in the second half to get going and when, when Lundstrom came on to, re- to replace him Lundstrom got everything under control again but I will admit that um, our forward thinking was a lot less when when Lundstrom come on. Come on, but he did take over the midfield and got us back to 
to sort of a not being in any danger anyway. So that's uh, that was my sort of a thinking, but definitely like the midfield, and I think the the football that we played in the first half was far sharper, far quicker, and I, I'll give him his his, uh, his due as well. I thought Joe I had a good game. I've seen uh, a lot of people saying he should have been humped at half time, and I, I just sometimes I think they watching the same game that I've been watching. Because I thought Joe White was really quite good in the first half. He, he laid off a good few balls, laid off the ball to Sakala to score. And no, definitely, uh, definitely, the first half performance was was uh, was was really good, sharp. Ah, uh, he was in. There's a special um, section in tonight's agenda for uh, Big Tony Goals himself. Curry, uh, come to yourself, mate. Just on what David he was mentioning there, Nicholas Raskin. I think he had a very energetic first half and I think him and Ryan Jack complemented each other very, very well. What was your thoughts on how they two paired up with Todd Cantwell? It should have been the two guys that were in there last last week. The the full squad that we've seen was probably the squad that should have been out last week last weekend. Uh, I've not spoke a bit because I've not been on uh, regarding the shambles of last weekend. This is where we need to go. We need to build our team round about players like Raskin. And no doubt we'll talk about the other new income as well, Cantwell. We need to build our full team around these guys. Because they're the complete opposite that we've had for the last three seasons. There's no mere time side to side, horseshoe garbage passing it back, although there is some that came back into them later on, we'll t- talk about that as well but I-, I love the guy, he's he's like a Mexican too so in my call for me that's who he reminds me, he reminds me of, he's, he's got the determination great fucking so. pressure on the boy by the way I need pressure. Need pressure at all uh, he's got the engine in my call, and he's got the determination and the grit, he could do so. And he's always looking forward. Every pass is, right, where am I putting this? Right, who's in space? Who can take a ball? And it's not just a, a half hour's pass, it's that he fires it into them. They need to run onto the ball. He doesn't pl- place it straight to them. He makes them, right, this is where the ball's going. You make sure you have to shift your arse and get there. And unfortunately, there was one player that three or four times was near there. And it's the guy that's been running two yards short for the last season and a half. But otherwise, amazing. Brilliant to me, brilliant to me income for us. Davey P, um, I thought for, for me, Jack and Raskin connected a lot of dots that were maybe missing last week. Um, well, we lacked the energy in the link-up play. I thought they, going forward, they were really good at, as as Mark says, just getting the ball in to feet very quickly, moving the ball, no taking two or three touches, sitting, reading the paper, then playing it. Defensively as well, I thought they provided a bit of cover for the full-backs and let them get forward too. Um, and I actually thought Davney and Bazicic were more involved in what they have done in recent times, but I'm very much putting that down in the midfield. Uh, I think collectively they were they started with energy, you know, with uh, some desire. So the the whole the whole team, you know, uh, and, and obviously the, the midfielders playing their part in that. So I think it was a collective effort. Uh, Raskin and Ryan Jack uh, looked looked apart certainly and together, uh, both willing to to burst forward, you know, take the ball with them and, and create some space, create some angles, you know, force one of their defenders into a commitment which creates space. You know, so I thought they were. It was all very positive. You know, you could see from from the the, the outset we were uh, going to be on the front foot, which is a, a refreshing change from from most of the games we've had at iBooks this week uh, this season. Uh, no, it was uh, very encouraging, and and you know we got the goal in what five and a half minutes, uh, and from there, you know, I think that kind of took any, I know, potential you know hostility from from the crowd because I think they were a. Uh, they were, be- I think, getting ready for a fight, but they- it never quite worked out that way because 
we had started so positively. So uh, fair play to the team. Yep, and we got our first uh, we got our first breakthrough in the sixth minute. Connor Golson getting the ball over the line way after maybe the third or fourth attempt. Um, it was a it was a short corner uh, by the stitch in a Cholak who's cut it back for Campbell who's had two pops at goal. Um, <laughs> goal deflected to Cholak then fires another shot saved by the keeper and Golson picks up the deflection. Uh, David, I'll come to you. Um, obviously, Campbell has, um, like he's heavily involved in that goal. Foster Carroll's goal is heavily involved as well. He was my man in the match. He, this boy's a baller. Um, I, I thought he was even in the second half when we did dip. He he was everywhere, and he actually, I, I think his his aggression, um, his determination, helped spark the team back into life a bit. Yeah, well, I, I can answer that with, with yes and just stop, but <laughs> I'll try. I'll try and add to it. Um, the, the the thing about the goal was that Cholak actually started in the middle of the goal before uh, he, he he kept the player there up until. And obviously, I think Barisic had a special. He put a different normally stitch one hand up there. Now he stuck two hands up there, a bit a bit different as he normally did. And you just seen Cholak sprinting. To the to the, the 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 six yard line on the sideways, and he, he, he got the pick the ball that cut it back to Cantwell as you said, and Cantwell yeah had first first shot was good and then he had a sort of a flying kick at the second one, broke to to Cholak and then he had a crack at it and the keeper really the keeper should have done should have done better I think, but um, the ball came to. Golson. But one thing I'll say about Golson, see if you watch him, see the difference between Golson and no, I'll even say Morales and, uh, and and yeah, virtually all the other forwards. Golson was actually on the goal line offside when he when he when the move started. But it was it was wise enough that when the, the, the shot from Cholak came in, he had already moved back. He was onside, and that's where where uh, things the, the other Rangers forwards don't seem to have the 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 vision to to know when you're offside. And but Golson, he, he he knew he was offside, and he moved back onto an onside position, and that was really you can see. And I think Golson used to be a centre forward at one time. I think I've read somewhere. But you could see that he's a thinking footballer, Goldson, and that really that that was the the one thing that sort of a positive in that that goal uh, was that Goldson's insight to see that he wasn't offside, to see that he was offside at first, and then move on to a try position. Thought that was really great. Hopefully, he spends a bit of time with Fashion Sakala over the next few days, showing him how to read. Oh, that's what I was. That, that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't really want to want to name names at the at that moment because they're, they're all guilty of it, really, aren't they? <laughs> Mark, I'll come to you. Um, I put a question in the chat, and I want to get all three your takes on it. With Campbell looking such a, a promising talent, and taking taking into consideration, you have Haji and Lawrence for the similar position. Do you spend the money on Malik Tillman? when we need a bigger rebuild? Thanks for the easy question. Wow. <laughs> God. It could, you could flip it both ways, Colin. You really could. We, we know the guy can play. He can turn it on. But there's been three games, each against that mob, that he's no turned up. Now, I'm going to give him a pass mark for that last game. Because I think Winstrom and Kamara were was his downfall. Because he couldn't link play. Because the two of them were that bad that he couldn't do anything. Plus, he just came back for an injury, and he get clattered two or three times, and I think it put him off a wee bit. He showed a lot of improvements since he came back. Five million in this day and age for a boy that talent. Is nothing. So, I would say aye. 
because there's no guarantee we're going to get the same Lawrence that left before he got injured. Look what happened with Morelos. He came back for injury. Everybody thought he was going to be the same Alfie. He was not. He's never. He's never. Nobody anywhere near as good. Haji was the same. Now Haji, if, if I remember right, I think a good majority of the Rangers fans were moaning about Haji, about his performances and how bad he had been before he got his injury. It just happened to be that the, the game that he got his injury in had been the best game that he played for about two months. Now he's been a. Now he's going back. We don't know what Paddy we're going to get. So the money could be spent elsewhere on the team, but in what? What are you going to get for five million? The market we're looking at right now, players are no, no going to be one and a half, two million to improve this team. The thing is, can we get a bargain? We need to get a bargain. That's all we can do, is get bargains. But I don't want to go anywhere to my A&E departments. You just carry on. Ross Wilson buying time players that are, are no fit, are potential dummy injury prone. It's no working. I'd rather see paying more, lower money on young hungry boys that's going to get 100% than has-beens or never-beens coming in and getting big wages and then playing half a dozen games to a dozen games a season. It's silly. So, I and no. <laughs> sorry. Fucking sorry. Sorry. I and no. Jesus. David P, I'm going to come to you because I am, I am torn. Um, I, I'm, I am torn that I think Malik Tillman's going to go for for 10 times uh, the money that we are able to get him for um, in years to come. And I don't want Rangers to miss out. There's a couple of folks say that it's not obviously not going to be five million pound up front. It'll be staggered over a few years. But when I when I look at what we need here and now, and I, and I get Mark's um, Mark's point about like what is five million in the grand scheme behind in the grand scheme of the rebuild that we need. When I still think we need another number eight um, in the midfield, we need at least two keepers. We need another striker, potentially fullback cover. I don't really know. Um, where, where, where do you fall? And we did we say Malik Tillman? I know after seeing how Cantwell's hit the ground running in January. Well, Michael Beale at the end of the season is, is is faced with a huge task, no doubt about that. But he knows that already. So the danger or or the concern with forking out five million for Malik Tillman is that he's already in the team. You've just kind of delayed his transfer fee. So it really is is a is a question of what is the total size of the, the transfer budget that Michael Beale will have at his disposal for the summer transfer window, and if Malik Tillman, who's already in the squad, is is fifty percent or thirty three percent of that budget, then it, it means that we've got a far smaller budget for other additions to the squad, and it, it's about him deciding what is the the biggest bang we can get for our buck. So other we need more Calvin Bassies and Joe Aribos than we do Malik Tillman's guys who we are picking up, you know, for development fees and for nothing, which will then have a resale value. I don't think there'll be many players who'll be leaving uh, in the summer who'll be who'll be yielding Rangers any substantial amount of cash. There's just the guys who are out of contract just go and anyone who's uh, Who's still under contract is probably not going to be bringing in anything at all. So that Michael Beale's got a huge job, big decisions to make as to whether Malik Tillman will be it will be the worth the five million pounds. Uh, that really depends on on a few other factors. It doesn't on on isolation. You would say absolutely five million compared to you know what goes on elsewhere, but that's not really the test here. It's the test of what. Is compared to within Rangers, you know, what are our other signing priorities? Goalkeepers, an centre forward, a winger. If Kent goes, you know, so we have got a whole load of holes to fill here, with only so much money to do it. And you would have to question. It would certainly be a big decision whether we could afford to lay out five million of that for Malik Tillman 
who's already in the squad. The benefit of that is that we, we, we can see what he brings. He's obviously a quality player. But we may have to uh, to spread our, our transfer budget a wee bit wider. So the, the danger is that Malik Tillman may not make it. Because if we don't have the funds to, to, to justify £5 million for that player, then uh, it may not happen. So that, that's But that's all... Between Michael Will, uh, Beale and, and Ross Wilson, they will have to decide where they want to spend their money. It's uh, pretty much up to them. Uh, there's a, a couple hundred comments coming in through the chat um, around the Malik Tillman. Um, it's hard to decide for, through uh, some of the carnage that's going on tonight. Uh, apologies, folks. I'm, I'm on that as we speak. But um, David T. Teddy Bears saying uh, made a really good point that our recruitment team they don't have they don't have any credit in the bank balance for me. Um we with the signings that they've done over the last what three, four windows. So are we in are we really in a position to let go talent when we know that we have it? I'll, I'll let you give the, the kind of last point on would you sign Malik Tillman or not? Well, for a business point of view, it's uh, it's a, it's a no-brainer, really, because the guy's only going to be worth more money. Um, so I, I think I think he's done enough. Okay, he's not turned up against them in a few games, but I mean, let's face it, the games uh, under Geo were were nobody turned up. So the only the only game that uh, that that's left really is is it was a game at Ibrox. Um, but um, no, I, I, I think he's the boy's only twenty year old. We're putting a heck of a lot of weight on his shoulders, and I, I really think that uh, he, he will be good in the future. I think he can only get better. So I, no, I think I think it's a no brainer. I think we've got to we've got to if you want to be because sometimes you've got to take a chance. There's there's not a businessman in the world that's became rich by not taking chances. They all take chances. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to. Sometimes you've got to give money out to get money back. And I think I think there's a no-brainer that we've got to give him because he's a good. He, he's a good football player. He, he, he's, he's, he, he, he turns up in times when we need a, a goal. Uh, he's, he's done it more often, and he's good in tight areas to, to break down defenses that, that are sit with, sit with ten men. He's great at going through them. And uh, but let's face it, I mean the last game against them, he wasn't fit to start with. And in the first ten minutes they crunched him about three times. They put him out of the game. They knew he was a danger and they crunched him and put him out of the game. And yeah, you know, obviously he was taken off at half time. But uh no, that's uh that, that that's uh, I think it's a no brainer. I think we've got to go for him and uh but we need, we definitely need other players coming in. We definitely do. But I mean, I, I think the likes of Hadji, I would be quite interested if teams have made offers for him. I would be quite interested in letting him go for a for a, for a sum of money. What he's worth, I don't know. Three, four, four, four million. Is that a fair price? I don't know. Well, he's just signed a contract extension um, before he came back from injury. That was just November, so I don't know if it's. Um, I don't know if he's one likely to go because. I don't know, Michael Beale's always been a big fan of him. Well, I think Turkey, with Galatasaray not interested in him for a while. That link will always be there because he's there, I'd say. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, I mean, I think that's, I think that's, we haven't got a lot. Kamara, I don't know what we can get for Kamara. At one time, he might have been worth 10 million, but I don't think he's worth that now. I think he's, uh, he's, he's dropped down the list quite a lot, but, I think we definitely need to get rid of Kamara. So hopefully there'll be money coming in from that. Um, yeah, no, Hadji's a possibility. And um, we just need to see where... We're, I mean, there must be money. I mean, we're, 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 talking, we're not just talking about on-field. On I mean, the Rangers' business side of things has, has been, uh, been going really well as, as well. And we must have some money over from the or European travels there must be something left in the kitty. So, I mean, yeah. I know I know it's easy to say, oh, we should just pay this and we should just pay that. The money's got to come from somewhere, obviously. But, um, no, we, I, I, I think this would be money well spent. 
Aye, uh, and I, I think a big. It's not just a five million pound fee. I think we need to think about wages as well. But if we are having the the clear out that we we hope we're going to have, we a lot of big players, big earners coming to the end of the contract. Alander Davis, Arfield, potentially Jack. That will free up a bit of funds. So I just thought it'd be an interesting question because I was, I, I I wanted to add a bit of context um, to why why I asked the question. I thought. Cantwell was excellent yesterday, but we've seen snippets of how good Cantwell can be. And I think he's probably closer to Tom Lawrence than he is um, Malik Tillman in terms of he does have that flair, he does have that creative eye, but he has aggression and he has that. So many times he went back and won the ball back yesterday and actually created the attack for deep. And I think um, it's an absolute farce that he didn't get man of the match. What I will say is that free bar and the hospitality must be getting better and better if Ben Davies got man of the match yesterday. Um, Mark, I'll come to you for the next one. Obviously, Fashion Sakala um, took a lot of heat or after the the open goal that he missed last week. Uh, and rightly so, any cycle worth his salt has to has to finish an open goal. But yesterday he was he was so bright, he was creating a lot, he was getting involved in a lot of long balls. Um, no everything did come off, but he finally got his goal and it was a very well worked move. But I thought I thought he had a really decent game yesterday and I'm delighted to see him get his goal because he is a confidence uh, player. What was your thoughts on him yesterday? Thanks mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that wasn't me, that was a mute folks, just to let you know. <laughs> uh, well, you're coming to the wrong person if you want criticism on Sakala, for me. He's just, he epitomises what a Rangers player should be. He gives it 100%. He always stays professional. And I don't know, they're just, obviously everybody loves his smile and how happy he is. But it's everything about the lad. I love the bits. I love how he uses his faith. I know everybody's not into their faith and all that. I understand that. I know everybody's the same. And I'm not even like that. But somebody that uses that for the way that they conduct themselves on and off the field, I'm going to admire. As a, stri- as a striker, he's, he's probably a, a 70 or 100 as a striker. But he's the type of guy that he gets the ball, he does that, and he just goes forward. And that can be to the detriment, I think, because there was an opportunity to put Kolak, Cholak, I'll say Kolak, it's easier for me to say. Kolak was raging me. Even, I think, if you notice, when he does score, when he put the ball in, the ball came over to Kolak and he just touched it. He could have swung around and hit it, but he passed it over to Fashion and Fashion just slotted it away. You could see when they were running away, that way Tony was having a word with him and said, okay, can you not fucking do that when you see me? Because you've not done that 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and I thought it was brilliant. They were having a laugh. Uh, I think we'll come on to Kolak as well later. But that's the type of player I want at Rangers. He's going to give 100%. I can't, I can't ask anything more for a player if they're going to get 100%. I don't want players coming in and no trying or turning up with a pair of slippers on. And that's, that's what's been happening near the fourth season. There's been too many players turning up with slippers on. And we don't need that at Rangers. Is it, people say, oh, he's no Rangers quality. Look at the amount of goals he scored for us. He might have a few shots. And that's the thing. It's a lot of shots he does get in target. He just bloaters it. A lot of them don't come off, but you're going to get that way. Any players, any team, they're going to have 10 shots. As long as one of them goes in, that's all you can ask for. That's my thoughts anyway. But I love the guy. I love the guy to bits. Oh, David's got to get going to me. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to partially agree with you because uh, I love Sakala as well. But the one thing I will say, it depends what level you want to stay at. If Rangers want to move up a level, then mm-hmm. we, we we won't do it with Sakala. 
He's great at this level. He's great at opening up defences. Uh, but his vision, just to what you said there, the Cho, the the Choak, uh, that was that was so uh, open for just a wee touch to the side to Choak to put it in the net, and he never seen it. And that's a, that that's the thing what I miss with Sakala getting caught offside all the time. He's just totally no vision of of, of, of offside rule. So uh, at this level, I love him, and I think he's brilliant. If we want to move up the levels, we will be what we do. Then I'm afraid that he'll, he'll come in a journey with us a short distance, but in the long run, we'll have to get rid of him. Could I just say, Dave, I'm just wondering, do you think he plays for? He thinks he's playing for that mob because they, they don't get Timmy pulled up for offside, and they seem to get goals when they are offside. So maybe he thinks he's playing for them. Yeah, that's it. Well, yeah, maybe. Well, but see, well, he certainly looks deranged some of the time. Aye, and see if his first touch wasn't like an elephant at times, and I'd maybe be inclined to agree with you there, Mark, but he's not getting like off that easily. Um, incidentally, David P. I'll bring you in Sakala yesterday because I don't want to be too harsh on him. I thought, he, I thought he was terrific yesterday, and it's what we need against teams like Mark. We need a bit of vibrance, a bit of energy, a bit of dynamism. Um, but I do agree with David Thompson where... If we do want to move up the level, he he has to move into the strong right role. He has to be somebody who's pushing the the first team quality to be at their best. But that aside, I thought he had a terrific game um, in the first half in particular. Uh, I think he should have had a hat trick in the first half yesterday. He yeah. missed the one that uh, Ryan Kent put across to him when he's in front of goal, and he managed to put it past the post on, on the right hand side. Absolute setup. So I, I'm looking for my forwards to finish that. So fashion, it's what you get. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it, it looks looks brilliant. Sometimes it looks shite. But uh, that's just fashion for you. And that's the kind of level of player he is. And if he was more consistent, he would be uh, a far more attractive player. But you're right. I think he would probably be a, a squad player for me. Uh, I would keep him just for uh, his ability to come on and bring, introduce some pace. And, you know, a certain amount of chaos to, because... I'm not. Maybe he doesn't even know what he's going to do next because uh, predicting that for me is has proved to be impossible. So he eventually got the goal with uh, which Antonio just laid back to him, which he then just had to get on target, and I mean, that was quite a, an easy strike. But he, he should have had two before that. Uh, I mean, there was one, and here's fashion for you when Ben Davis pings it through the air. His first touch is sublime. He takes it, you know. And his instep pushes it forward, doesn't even break stride. And, you know, it was so there's the fashion Sakala. And then the next one, you know, Ren, uh, Kent cuts it across. He's in a, six yards from goal. With just the, the keeper stuck in the middle. Either side will do, stuck it past the post. So it's just that level of consistency that uh, leaves me a wee bit uncomfortable with with. with Fashion Sakala as a starter in the team. Certainly, I think he would be he would be handy as a squad player. But uh, in the longer run, he I don't I for me anyway he wouldn't be featuring. He would be a first team pick. Mm. So, any the um, we'll, we'll touch on Davney a wee bit later and touch on his penalty there. Um, but everybody's favourite was penalty to the Rangers. But we did go in uh, half-time 3-0 up and it's a bit of a 180 for what we've seen for Michael Beale, uh where we don't actually start the second half better than we finished the first half. Um, we, our foot was completely off the gas and Kilmarnock came out. They were getting in behind the full-backs. Um, they, were, uh, they were forcing forcing errors out of Rangers um, and Rangers were... Rangers were just letting the, the balls go astray at times as well. But um Kamark eventually did get a goal. But Davy P, I'm going to stick with you, you get your takes on this uh, first. With the the different chances Kamark had, there was one where McGregor's had to come out and he's came through the back in one of the Kamark cycles. I'm in the Copeland rear at this point and my heart was in my mouth. I thought that was a that should have been a penalty to Kilmarnock. What was your thoughts on that one there? I think the Kilmarnock player did what most of the Kilmarnock players were doing during the game. Uh, and, and they hit the ground the minute they're, they're brushed. 
So the, the commander player is completely aware of the situation. And McGregor punched the ball away. The commander player has got absolutely no chance of actually retrieving this ball. This ball is now 10, 15 yards away. But the minute he feels the touch from Alan McGregor, he throws himself to the ground. So the, absolutely, the, the Armstrong on the right-hand side for uh, Kilmarnock was doing it. And Power in the midfield, you know, who, you know, I'm a big hard man type guy. Every time he anyone touches him, he immediately flops forward. And he won numerous free kicks. Willie Collum fell for it every time. I find it so frustrating. There was one which uh, I think when uh, Armstrong flopped over right on our touchline, so you'd get a good view of this one, Colin, right, right on the on the, the touchline on the right-hand side, when he, he falls over and looking for a free kick. They, they, and I think the uh, the commander player, when he gets touched by McGregor, falls over. I, that was never a penalty for me. I mean, you, you, VAR would have had a, had a look at it, so they've clearly come to the same conclusion. It would uh, not in a month of Sundays. I, in fact, I think that Willie Collum should, the referees in general, should be far more, I know, f- at the forefront in terms of booking people for these these sort of incidents because they know exactly what they're doing, and sometimes it's difficult to call it out as to whether it is or not because they're so good at it. But uh, that was never a penalty. There was no chance he was getting that ball. So I mean, is that one of the criterias? Because he bumped into him, but. Uh, I invite you to uh, rewind it and have a look at it. As soon as he feels the touch from Alan McGregor, he goes over, as several of the commander players did. Aye, I, I, I think if you try and look at it in the cold light of um, the rules, um, I, I don't know where I stand on it. If you look at it, if you look at it in terms of consistency with the refs, the, the league and what the refs make, then you're saying that ah, it's not a penalty. It doesn't get given any other times, but I do think you know in a better standard of officiating, they, they at least look at that. Um, and I, it's I think in other leagues I have seen them given. Um, but he didn't have the ball, Colin. The ball, Alan McGregor had already punched the ball away when the two of them, you know, collide. You know, so. I mean, it was just a coming together of two players, so he didn't have the ball. So it was. It so was uh, it's your interpretation if he gets the ball or no, I, I suppose, isn't it? If, if the ball was within playing distance of him, the ball was now 10 yards away from him when he fell over. So there was no. The problem was now out of play when, when he got knocked over. So, I mean, for, for Ben to say, well, you know, Alan McGregor bumped into him and he fell over, and that's now a penalty, then. then you can the number of off the ball instants at corner kicks. I mean, there must there must be ten every every corner where people will collide with one another, and it just it would be absolute nonsense. But the but he had a go, the, the commander player had a go at it. It's the weak. What's the guy? We should kind of ginger haired guy in midfield. Who I'll, I'll I'll have to check that. Out. But well, that I'll not tell you what the Copeland Road were calling him because I don't think that was his name yeah, when he went down. Well, I, I had a couple of names for him as well, but none of them were his, his real name. Because <laughs> you know exactly what the, the, the playbook is here. You know, as soon as they get touched, fall over. Aye. Mark, I'll, I'll come to you. Moving back onto the, the chances that Kilmarnock had and like, moving away from that one incident, there was another couple where Kilmarnock could have been... Uh, pulled one back before they actually did um, a couple of times. Eventually the goal comes just for a calamity, a calamity of errors. Um, just the, a ball across. Um, Tavernier doesn't stick close enough to his man. His man challenges McGregor. McGregor isn't strong enough at the corner and um, it goes in. What was your thoughts on that 10-15 minute spell in general? Because I, I thought you could see a goal coming at that point. You're on mute, my man. Am I? Ah, no, anymore. That shoe's sorted. It's because I see that wee button there, so I press mine and all, just in case. Uh, right. As I was saying, <laughs> see, I'm a professional. Uh, as we've seen in the last games, it's the same goals that we're losing. Low balls across the line. And we're full back, back line. Just, they go into panic mode. 
it's, I don't know. <sighs> Here we go again. It's like the, for fuck's sake to have mentality, I've got, and the guy does the day's job. For me, in defence, I just, I, I don't like him. I don't think he tries hard enough. I don't think he gets on to players. I don't think he inspires the team. I don't think he inspires the fans. It's just, he's it's the it's first to hide all the time. Every time I, something's not going right, he seems to disappear in the game. And it happened again when we were under pressure for, let's say, about, about 10 minutes. That they started to come in the game. And it was the same boys that were causing his problems, low balls. Then the ball that did come in, that I missed the initial, uh, the first ball, but the second ball for the actual goal, why was that no a foul? The guy's using goals. The guy's climbing on goals. Aye, aye, he's using him as a climbing frame. He's, he's got both hands on top of his shoulders, climb above him. It was the showed on replay. It was the show. It wasn't even. I was watching the highlights. They never even mentioned it in the highlights. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? But it's not like the BBC to be biased, is it? Because they're definitely no biased at all in any way, shape, or form. Our fools. <laughs> but it's just a. The, the balls that are coming in, the men that are supposed to be there to stop them, they aren't close enough. And I thought BB had a, a decent decent game. But Tavernier again, he's defending, it's costing us goals because our midfield our midfield our defensive centres are, are no coping with boys coming in. And McGregor as well. The he came out, I don't know if you've seen the, the one just before that with the ball came in. McGregor runs out towards it and he changes his mind. And he backs off, and the guy gets to the ball, and that's where the initial problem started. But, oh, it just, it's like we seem to be doing the same thing. We're no learning. The thing that you keep on saying, I, I, I will need to learn, but they're no learning. And that's some, something that needs to be addressed, and addressed quickly. So, to come to the defence a wee bit for Tavernier before I bring David T in, who's probably going to tell me to shut up um, and disagree with me. There's a few points you've made there, Mark, where I like the whole no learning thing, but that's no for me that can't just be levelled at Tavernier because we've got a, a a group of eight, nine co players who have refused to learn over the last um, 12 months, which um, leads to more problem than one. I mean, oh, so, sorry, I, I wasn't just targeting Tav there on, on I, that, that learning thing, it was just I was targeting him on his, his defence of what's happening all the time, but it's the centre ones that are doing the same thing as well. Aye. They're panicking. Aye, yeah, um, and I think I had to add that context, but Tavenier is one of the senior players and he does have to take responsibility for that. He's a captain. Tavenier yesterday in particular, I actually thought he had a decent game in, in terms of going forward and and recovering the ball in the first half as well. I he did dip in the in the second half. Um David T, I do feel I do feel a bit of sympathy for him for that second ball where if he comes for that to challenge um, the second ball, he's really clatter into McGregor. So if I'm a full backer or a defender and you see the keeper coming, you get out of the way and you let him clatter whoever's in front of you. And for me, it's McGregor that has to be stronger. I know you disagree with me. What's your thoughts on that and to have in general yesterday? Oh, I, d- I disagree with you. <laughs> but um, no, if you, if you look at the, the, the goal they scored, then there's actually Sakawa's at the back standing watching, Kent's at the back standing watching. Tavernier, he is next to the the number three. It was it's for them that scored, I think. Tavernier was standing about a a, a, a wee bit more than a yard away from him. If Tavernier marks him, then that guy doesn't score. If Tavernier jumps with him, that guy doesn't score. McGregor wouldn't need to. And okay, sometimes the keeper takes out your own player as well. For me, that's tough luck. That's the way. That's the way it goes. But you, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be relying on your keeper to come. You should hope that he comes at some time. I mean, we all say that McGregor's uh, we want McGregor to come more. But the thing is that 
Tavernier should have had that player. He should have jumped with that player. But what Tavernier done was ran back towards the, to the goal. And actually, when the ball was headed, he was behind the goal line. He wasn't even on the goal line. He was behind the goal line in the net. And uh, yeah, I just uh, that, that was just a uh, really terrible defending. Really terrible defending. The 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 big guys in the defence they were all pulled to the front post. There was four players at the front post, and Rangers had, at that corner. Rangers had seven players against five, and yet there was two players at least. Three players were were one 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 was was. Mark Davies, I think it was, but um, there was there was so there was two players totally free in front in the middle of the goal, and yeah, that, that I mean that's as I say, Sakala standing watching, um, Kent standing watching, and four players stuck to the front post, and then yeah, you 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 just got players where they can just touch the ball. I mean, they can really virtually just run it in because there's nobody to stop them. And Tavernier's behind the line, so McGregor, McGregor, if he comes and he's got to, McGregor's got to take the take everybody out of the game. But I, I still think it's done. if a keeper comes and he gets it, great. But when you're charged with marking a player, you've got to mark him and not run away from him. Then you, if, if Tavernier jumps with him, there's no problem. There's uh, the the ball's away. Davey P had the game yesterday out with the, the commander goal. How did you feel Tavernier played? Um, I know <clears throat> I know fans were looking at you on his back very early on, but again, am I alone in thinking he had a decent game overall? No, I thought Tav was, was okay. Yesterday, he had, uh, they were playing some nice triangles on the right-hand uh, side, you know, and... With Raskin and Cantwell, you know that he he certainly uh, plays his part in terms of you know getting more forward than in defence. Obviously, the uh, they had their moments in the second half, but at three 0 Commander had thrown caution to the wind. You know they brought Jordan Jones on, so they've gone with a bit of pace up front. They'd obviously gone to they they, they had decided at half time. Derek McInnes, you got to hand it this to him that he had decided we're just going to press the Rangers players. So from the start of the second half. The, the time and space that we had, you know, playing the horseshoe across the back was over because the commander players were immediately pressing the Rangers players. And, and so they moved the whole thing forward 20, 25 yards from their first half attempt when they were uh, pressing the Rangers for the ball. And, and you know, you saw on several occasions the, the their midfield, when the, the defender was pressed by one of their forwards and the ball broke, their midfield were immediately on it and then pushing us on. So they, they won possession repeatedly with that wee trick. And you saw that they were they were swarming us at times. They didn't create an awful lot of chances, I would have to say, but certainly they were getting to, to our box. So they, they were just winning more balls in midfield just by pressing the defenders, forcing an error, and then and then picking up loose balls there and, and, and moving forward. And that was just <clears throat> Jordan Jones, you would have to say, played his part and and all of that, they were uh, they were just zooming after us. They, I think they kind of ran out of steam with that as the, as the game progressed because they they were putting in a, a, an awful lot of work and chasing down the Rangers players at the start of the second half, and it lasted maybe 20, 25 minutes. I think they kind of ran out of steam uh, in, in, in pursuing that strategy. But at the goal, I would think that uh, one thing that we, we need to, to remind ourselves that... Uh, Football isn't silent movies. So when you're in that box and Goldson's is, is trying to win the header, the ball is, is then played back. The goalkeeper and the defenders are communicating with one another. There's a shout. Someone has to take control. And it's and it's just about being, it comes from the training ground. Who takes responsibility in what situation? And you communicate to your teammates whether you're, you're going to commit to the ball or not. So if if Metavani has been given a shout by McGregor that I'm going for it, keeper's ball is is generally what they shout. So if Tavani has, has, has had the shout of keeper's ball, then he's not going to get in the way. He wants the goalkeeper to have a free run at it. So it's we don't hear that. So it's, sometimes it's difficult to interpret exactly you know who was doing what without under without hearing what was actually said. So. 
I, I don't blame Tavernier for that goal whatsoever. I would think, uh, I think, I mean, it was almost in exactly the same spot where Kamarnock are, are claiming, you know, it was a penalty kick when the guy, is, is, as Mark has just said, you know, climbs all over Connor Goldson to get the ball back. And then the, their number three, who was on the move across our box, just managed to get his head on it. But I'm sure Tav would have reacted to, to the goalkeeper's shout there. Other than that, he would have he would have gone to clear it. Just a guess. So, picking it back up, and the last way I want to come to and is probably a question looking ahead to Wednesday because we we do have um, quite a, a traditionally typical, typically difficult tie at Easter Road um, to look ahead to. David T, I'll let you kick us off with this one. Um, Antonio Cholak led the line yesterday. And I'll be honest, um, even though he didn't get his role, I thought he did have a he had a terrific game. Um, the the reason I was really impressed is because we've we've seen him do the things that we've been told that he can't do. And to be fair, like when we've asked him to do it, he's not really done it, and that is very much a Morelos role. We've seen him time and time again coming in deeper getting the ball, but no choice letting the ball bounce off him, take a touch, turn players. Some of the cross balls he was putting in there, the, the players running beyond him were, were terrific. What was your thoughts on Jolak? Yeah, well, I, I already stated that, um, that uh, I, I thought he had a good game. and I, I, The people that, that said he was terrible and he should have been taken off at half-time, I, I, I really don't understand that. Um, which one thing, we haven't got in the on the on the, 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 the agenda is is the, the substitutions. Uh, I think that's something worthwhile to, to talk about at the end of um no I, I think Charlie had a good game. It, it surprised me I mean it wasn't just the, the, the touch for the Sakawa goal it was it was a nice touch but he had a good few touches a good, good few back heel touches as well to, to other players. And I thought I thought he played good with, with Cantwell. They joined up well together. Uh, no, I, I don't see. I, I mean, I, I love Morelos, but um, I, I think I would keep him in the team for for Hibs. I, I really do. I think uh, the way he played, I, I find it hard to, to to drop him. And you know that he's a he's, he's a good goal scorer. Well, he, he scored a lot of goals in the beginning. Unfortunately, he hasn't done done so much in the, the last while. But um, and he had a good chance. The header, he had a header at goal. It should it should have been away. It should have been in. So that was a bit disappointing about him. But um, no, it's uh, for me positive, and I, I, I think although although I love Morelos, I would I would start him in uh, on Wednesday. Mark, I'll come to you on um, Wednesday. Wednesday in general, um, any changes you would make, and probably get your thoughts on Cholak and the subs that came on just as David came on. For me, on Cholak, just to reiterate, he's. The more the season goes on, and the more game time it gets, he starts to become a more rounded player. Um, and I think that's definitely something that we're going to need going in the next season and life without Morelos. And we need a couple of strikers to be able to do a couple of different things. With the subs that came on in general, I didn't think there was much too wrong with him. I thought Lundstrom came on and showed up um, the the midfield when we needed a bit of stability. But again, there's no really anything that. I would really nothing that I've really seen that makes me want to change the lineup for Wednesday. What's your thoughts on it? Am I mute, mate? I'm all right. Right, thanks, mate. <laughs> I was the sure there. Sorry, everybody. I had to nip to the loo. I do apologise. <laughs> I'll be up up front and honest. Colac gives us something that Morelos doesn't. Uh, Tony's a, a team player. We've seen that when he gave the goal to Sakala. He's a team player. His link-up play is better than Morelos. Morelos, does, Morelos holds the ball. He, he wants the ball where he's got his back to the defence so as he can hide it. Kolak wants the, the ball in his feet in front of him so as he can make the movement. He, he's a completely different player. I would play Tony every day before Morelos now because Morelos' time at Rangers was done and as much as we love him and as much as he's gave us great memories 
on games, even when they've been bad fans. Every I think the majority of Ranger fans have stuck by him, and I've gave him the love that he deserved, and I've gave him the hate that he deserved sometimes. But I think his time at Rangers is gone now, and the more that we play Tony, because he for this for next season at least, he's the future at Rangers. He's the same as the likes of Tillman, Raskin, and Cantwell. They're the future of Rangers. They're team players. We don't need any more individuals now. A certain mob tried to rely on individuals and look what happened to them. We need team players and I think Tony is epitomises that. The changes, I I don't think I would change anything. I think I'd keep it the exact same way. Uh, The only concern, the the lunchroom thing, I thought it was a, a bit dodgy, and I think we discussed this beforehand. Now, I know people don't like Lunny because his performances have been under par, and then he, he was threw under a bus and put on an interview that it wouldn't have mattered probably with any player. But I think whoever made that decision to put him up, because he was one of the worst players that day, they put him in. To apologise did not help at all and never helped his cause. And when he got booed coming on, I just thought it was bloody disgraceful. A Rangers player should never, ever be booed coming on a park. As I said to me, if they're, if they're played rubbish and they're coming off the park, boo them all you want, they deserve it. But don't boo somebody when they're coming on. Remember they're playing for your team? I just, I, I was shocked. As for the other substitutions, I, I was I was actually mad and it's actually a wee bit of a concern man having me bill because it's a wee bit of a warning sign bringing on the boys and I know they only get two minutes but they were up for five minutes there is zero point in bringing boys on that have no played for five minutes it's not going to help their, their game fitness it's going to do nothing the only time you should make them Subs that late in a game is either A, you've got an injured player, B, there's somebody in a yellow card, or to be, I think that's about it, or to waste time. It's the three occasions you should be making that come on, or if you're basically if you're maybe really behind. But we were 3 1 up, we were comfortable, we've been through a sticky patch, there was zero point in bringing. They two boys on, but that's just me. David, um, on David P, sorry. Well, on the subs, um, I, again, I, I stand by. I thought on some had a decent enough game when he came on, and I, I understand why we brought him on. With the later subs, I know Bill done similar to Yanis, similar with Yanis Hadji a few weeks ago when it may not be about the minutes, but it's about getting the feel of being back in the pitch and I think that's why it was quite important to get John Suter back on and I was I was delighted to see him A get on and B get a couple of touches the ball um without just getting that atmosphere and getting that getting that feeling back into you. Um and I can only imagine that Hadji and Arfield came on just because they're making a sub, may as well use another couple. Well myself and and probably the the 25,000 that were still on the ground when these st- subs came on were uh, utter bewilderment as to, you know, when the refs, the, the, the fourth officials held up four minutes and we're now a wee bit into that and then and Michael Beale then decides to make three substitutions. I mean, pointless for me, to be honest, you know, to give them a, a, a walk across the pitch. Uh, I did, pointless for me. I just didn't. I don't get that. Sorry, I'm I'm not a professional football man, and so it's maybe you could send me a diagram or something as to what by <laughs> that. Because, uh, I I don't get it. I don't get it. It's, uh, it was, what was it? so no, uh, but I think I mean we had by that time kind of stabilised. You know that I think they had kind of run out of steam. You know with a wee uh, twenty twenty five minutes of running about like headless chickens. And they were getting some joy because they, they were uh, getting us further up the pitch. <clears throat> but after that, and Lundstrom came on, I think uh, settled it down quite well. We were, uh, I think we were more likely to score towards the end than they were. 
we were uh, we had the one which uh, was ultimately offside, right at the death. So uh, we saw the game out quite comfortably. There was the substitutions. I, I don't know, it was maybe just a wave to the crowd, just reintroduce himself. John, here's John Souter. Just for those that don't recognise him. No, because we obviously haven't seen too much of him. See, be fair, when usually I'm quite good at picking up way who's getting changed, who's getting who's banging on, way like the way they stand in that. And I was like, who the fuck's that boy? He's quite big. That must be watching searching who's on the bench. I forgot Suter was on the bench, so well, maybe Michael Beale did it for you, Colin. It was just for you to uh, get, just get reacquainted. Just remember, friend of the pod, Michael Beale. He does me a favour yeah. every now and then. But I thought uh, in terms of you will probably I know you may come on to this and, and Todd Cantwell. I thought Todd Cantwell was the was the, the best player on the pitch by a mile. He really was. He was uh, and you know, you're right, you we mentioned earlier the reaction to Ben Davis being <laughs> announced as, as man of the match was, you know, was was what what there was you know, how are we supposed to take all this seriously when when they make announcements like that? It's just uh, they they'd be better not doing it. They, <laughs> They don't add anything to their whoever whoever the vote is. I would love to know who that vote is taken with because uh, you know a few times there's been a oh my oh my god moments you know when they announced the man in the match because it clearly wasn't Ben Davis you know maybe it was Ben Davis's mum who, who voted but it, it, that's the only uh, reason I can think of for Ben Davis being man of the match. Todd oh, Cantwell was the by a mile. The, the no more likely, more likely reason is um, the free bars are better in the Argyle suite, and that's strong uh, liquor was taken. Aye, right? strong liquor was taken. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll say, I'll say one thing, Colin. The the, the ball from uh, Davis to to Sakala was absolutely sublime. That was a cracker of a ball, and it was the way Sakala brought it down and put it into his path was absolutely brilliant as well. So that was. Uh, I think it was the one Sakawa should have passed to, to, to Tony, but he didn't. And put and ended up the, the, the keeper saved it, I think, that one. But, um, Maybe he should have managed it last then. Sorry? <laughs> Sorry, I missed that, Dave. He should have been man of the pass. Because it certainly <laughs> wasn't. Yeah. Man of the pass. This is where well. you missed it the first time, mate. It was. <laughs> I, but, I mean, Davis, he wasn't bad. He was good, but he just wasn't. It, Totally correct that Campbell was man of the match. It would uh, be a mile. I agree with that as well. Well, on um, aye, on most is agreeing. Then I think that's as good a point as any to wrap up. That's just over the hour mark. Uh, before we do, just another shout out. Um, thanks to everybody who's listened uh, tonight, commented, um, follows the page. It's as really appreciated. Um, and if MD does want to join the members, um, the members page on YouTube, Anchor and Daycast um, on the YouTube page, hit the join button um, for. Anchor and Acast, the link will be in the show description if you want to be getting the daily news this week. And for members only on Wednesday, um, there'll be a exclusive uh, pre-release for members only. We'll have 10 questions with Morris Ross going live on Wednesday. So he stepped up to answer the 10 questions and a couple of good stories there. Um, uh, he's, he had a Good bit of chat. Some top top players he played with, Elmo. So that was brilliant for him coming on. So look out for that coming on Wednesday. All that's left to do is thank you to my three guests for coming on, and I'm going to press you for a goodbye to the listeners and a prediction for the score on Wednesday. Kick us off, Mark. Thanks very much for joining me. A pleasure as always, mate. Thoroughly enjoyed myself. Always do. Uh, I love the ch- the chat and all the other guys in there are just brilliant. They some of the the questions they ask and, and some of the reactions are just fantastic. Uh, it, it's a pleasure, an absolute pleasure. And um, I'm glad that the, we meet, reached the milestone and we're able to give out more content. And for twenty five, basically twenty five pence a week, I think it's an absolute bargain. Especially for the, the quality used guys. I mean, see, I'm just a wee amateur here. I'm just I'm just your Joe Bloggs and <laughs> uh, used guys have been doing it for a long time, and you you do deserve it. Uh, some of the stuff that you put out is worth a lot more than twenty five pence a week. I can assure you. So thanks everybody. Uh, good weekend. A good result. 
Armgonigo vor. Oh dear. Right. Hardest question here, right? Aye, aye. 3-0 to the aye. famous against the, the spin burners. Listen, if it's anything like the last time we played in Edinburgh, then we might not be far off, mate. Um, I'm hoping so, mate. I'm hoping aye. so. No, but great having you back on, Curry, and it's great to see your fan club getting a buzz out of you. I know, it's, it's dead weird, mate. It's, 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 I'm going to cost me a fortune. And we see that earlier on, the amount of checks I'll need to send out. It's like, calm down. It's like, it's like 10 quid every time you say something nice. You've got it and repeat every single one of them. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, David P. Mate, always great to have you on. Um, I bring a bit of balance to the uh, when me and David T. don't agree with each other. Um, give us your prediction for Wednesday night. Well, hopefully, uh, Michael has some fired up for Wednesday. Uh, Easter Road usually an eventful evening, and uh, I, I think we'll uh, we'll get over the line two one. I'll go with with a nervy finish as usual. Uh, ye of little faith, watch this space. And last and by no means least, good to have you back on, David T, as always, my friend. Yeah, great, great to be on. Great to, to talk about Rangers. Uh, and as Curry says, there's a really great group of guys here uh, behind the scenes as well. Um, one thing I'm going to say, Michael Beale, we're watching your, your uh, substitutions because 72 minutes. Before you changed anything, was terrible as well. So, um, Hibs, I, I think I think it'll be. I think Hibs have got better. I don't think they're the same uh, team that we will just run over uh, like the beginning of the year. So, I'm I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to agree with David, isn't he? It's not often I agree with him, but I think it'll be two one for Rangers. Do you want it, Rangers? Well, no, but Squeak, I'm going. It's squeaky bum time at the end of as well, as David said. Okay, <laughs> no doubt there'll be a period where Rangers do put us through the mill and make us work for three points. Um, probably make the fans work harder than Hibs will. But I'm going to go 2 0 to Rangers. Um, I think it will be a, a, a tough game. Um, I think Hibs will try and have a go at it. But I do always prefer when teams have a go at Rangers. Um, I think they do respond a bit better to it. Um, so until next time, folks, we again. We'll be back for Where the News Pod Monday to Friday and we'll be back on the live stream to review whatever happens in Edinburgh on Thursday night. Um, Until then, take care. We are the people.